Have you ever found yourself in a very dangerous situation suddenly easily solved by someone else? Two days ago, I was picking up my lunch at McDonald's. It was rush hour, so I'm just searching for a free seat, and I found one near to a huge guy, suit-dressed. He was not fat, just huge. So I'm eating and just looking absently at people in the room, thinking about my job, my life, and banging, of course. I saw the usual folks you'd expect to find at a fast food. Suits, moms, and kids, guys, and the omnipresent D-bag. Hat, tank top, overdeveloped biceps, tattoos, absurd tan, you know, the Jersey Shore kind of stereotype. The D-bag was with his female trophy. Great body, but her face was ugly as a kick in the mouth. Jesus Christ, I can't find words to say how she was ugly. She reminded me of Picasso. So I continue looking around while eating, and I may have crossed my look with the D-bag and his trophy a couple of times for nanoseconds. The giant rose, and while he was picking his tray, the D-bag yelled at me, What are you looking at? I was like, uh, me? The D-bag stood up and yelled at me again, What the frick are you looking at? Suddenly, the giant, with the tray in one hand, turns around to see what's happening and approaches the D-bag, puts one hand on his chest and slams him back into his seat, then points a finger at him and says, Shut the frick up, idiot. The giant takes a quick look at the girl, turns back to me and says, Yeah, man, what are you looking at here? Just a fake chest, nothing more. Another quick angry look at the D-bag, then the giant proceeds to the trash can with his tray. The D-bag grabs his mortified girl and quickly rushes to the door, and I'm still at the table with a Coke in my hand and the WTF look unchanged. Don't know exactly how that happened, don't know who the giant was, but my Big Mac was a little cold, that's all. Well, I think we can agree that every man in this story, including the author, is a terrible person and move on to the rest. I worked as a chef in a very nice restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio in the mid-1980s. I was located near a very bad neighborhood and some of our dishwashers lived in that neighborhood. I was a young, white kid from the suburbs and one of the dishwashers was a black man in his late 30s named Harold, who went by Hurl. No idea why. Anyway, Hurl and I became friends. He was a rather jovial guy and he was interested in cooking, so I taught him a few things and eventually got him promoted from dishwasher to cook. He was actually quite good and loved the new job, and me for helping him out. One day, he asked me if I wanted to go out and party with him after work. Being young and adventurous, I took him up on his offer and into the neighborhood we went. For those of you familiar with Cleveland, it was the Howe Avenue neighborhood. We eventually ended up in an after-hours club, which is where all the drunk people ended up when all the bars were closed. I was wandering around a smoke-filled room with lots of very seedy-looking people, and I was quite drunk myself at the time. I ended up in a corner somewhere, surrounded by a small gang of people wondering who I was. They started closing in on me, and one of them asked if I had a dollar I could give him. I felt my skin get clammy, and I realized I was about to get jacked by some drunk guys in a bad neighborhood. Suddenly, Hurl shows up, looks at the guy asking me for a dollar, and says, He with me. Hurl has a look on his face I've never seen before, a lot more menacing than anyone in the gang surrounding me. The gang immediately changes their tune and suddenly I'm their friend and one of them asks me if I'd like a beer and offers me one he has been drinking. I respectfully decline and Hurl and I move away. Hurl looks at me, still with that menacing look, and says, Anyone come up to you in this hood, you tell them you would Hurl. They know me and they know I don't play. Good to know. This was in Karachi, Pakistan, in the late 90s. We were at my uncle's place, who was renovating his house. He had a small cement mixer set up behind the house, which was taking up some of the alley. Usually, when someone is building a house, the cops will show up and say the mixer is illegal and ask for a bribe to turn a blind eye. 
Problem is, on this particular day, pretty much all the cops started showing up one by one. Each one would say, pay us more and no one else will bother you. And a few minutes later, a new police van would show up saying the same thing. We had enough and stopped paying them. This teed off one of the cop vans and a couple of officers showed up at our door. We kids opened it and the officer asked us to come with him. He took us to the end of the valley where five to six cops were standing, AK-47s drawn. We all crapped bricks while the officer kept saying, Why won't your parents pay? Why won't your parents pay? Things were not looking good. Luckily, one of our neighbors saw the cops rounding up kids and walking us away. He was a big shot in a major gang. He left his house, got on his motorbike, and drove over to where we were stood. Told the cop, let them go, if you know what's good for you. The cops left. No one bothered us again until the construction was done. Another Karachi story in the same vein. Every now and again, there's a general strike in Karachi, which is enforced by local gangs. By enforced, that means they'll gun down anybody who leaves their houses. It's not always that bad, but this is the threat. During one of these strikes, my uncle's aunt, not the same uncle as the last story, fell sick and had to be taken to hospital, which was right around the corner from my uncle's place. You could walk to it. My uncle was at the hospital all day looking after her and decided to head home in the afternoon. Streets were deserted and he made haste. When he was literally 20 meters from his home, a gang of bikers saw him, chased him and cornered him. They asked why he was out during the strike and he tried explaining. They'd have none of it. They had their weapons leveled at him while he backed up against the gate to his neighbor's home. He banged at their metal gate for help, but who the hell would come out in that situation? Suddenly, a car drives by, black with tinted windows. A window rolls down and says, Let this one go. Bikers left. Uncle sprinted for his house, got in, and started shaking uncontrollably. And that's how we found him and he told us this story. Chef-related story. My mother and father used to own a restaurant in San Francisco. It was south of Market at a time when that was an exceptionally bad area. They hired this really nice Mexican guy, Juan, to wash dishes and do work in the kitchen. They were, however, down a chef, the previous one quit all of a sudden, and hired this new guy on short notice. So it's the first day, the restaurant starts to fill up for lunch around half eleven or so. Normally, a number of dishes would be prepped for the first few people coming in for lunch. But this guy, in spite of his frantic running around the kitchen, had nothing ready. So my mother walks into the kitchen and says, Hey, what's the deal? The guy tells her, aggressively, that he's getting the stuff ready. Wait another 40 minutes, still no one had gotten their meals. My mother walks back into the kitchen and this guy reels around with a butcher knife, walks up to her and waves it in her face, says, Get the frick out of my kitchen! The next thing, Juan, who'd been watching this exchange, bends down to his boot, pulls out a carving knife, grabs the chef by the throat, and pushes him up against the stove. The guy drops the butcher knife and pretty much craps himself. He then runs out of the restaurant, swearing everyone to heck. My mother, after crying a few minutes, realizes that she's screwed because she has no one to cook lunches for the 70 or so people waiting. Juan says, do not worry, puts on an apron and cooks up all the lunches with lightning speed. And they were great lunches. I had one of them. The chef came back a few weeks later apologizing. He said it had a really bad white snow habit that he was now dealing with. Juan was employed from that day on as head chef. Good old Juan. Total bamf. I don't miss working with some chefs and the insane substance-induced problems that would arise because of those particular guys. I got cornered for a beating in a new high school surrounded by about 20 kids. This one kid who I met a day earlier casually walked along a fence rail through the crowd and swiftly kicked the lead kid in the face. End of story. Saved me from a beating like he was James Dean. Never got to thank him. A guy who was harassing me in a bar got ejected. I learned he waited outside to attack me. Another patron apparently witnessed what went on in the bar, saw the guy laying for me, and sucker-punched him.
When I was about 14, it was summer and we lived by the sea. My dad had a dinghy in the loft from the 70s along with paddles and me and a guy called Peter H took it out down the beach. Minus paddles. Bad idea. We went with Peter's brother and were carefree messing about in the dinghy when we realized we were drifting out to sea. We got out, started paddling and trying to swim back and couldn't touch the bottom. We kept trying in vain and in the end realized we were screwed. This was the northeast coast of England in the North Sea. Temperature was about 4 degrees. We shouted to his brother on the beach, now about 150 meters away, to get help. Unbelievably, some guy walking on the beach stripped down to his pants and swam out. Dropped everything and swam out. He came to us, grabbed the boat that we were clinging to, and swam us back to shore. We got dry next to some fishing boats and lent him a towel before saying thanks. I genuinely believe he got us out of a lot of trouble, and I never even got to find out his name. I was working in a specialty running shoe and vitamin store, and this guy came in and walked around for a while, just kind of looking at different things. Said he didn't need help when I asked him about it. About 15 minutes later, when the store clears out, he comes up to the front counter and pulls out a fairly large knife and demands the money out of the cash register. Being 17 at the time and feeling a half panic, half anger, I started to talk loudly. All right, I'll give you the money, don't hurt me. Hoping that the cashier at the store next to mine would hear and call the police. The walls were thin and would mess with each other as such. My dad's friend is a cop in the town and every so often will randomly show up at work to mess with me. Sometimes this comes in the form of pretending to do a SWAT raid through the back door, which was directly behind the register. I don't lock the door while I'm working, so my boss usually just stopped by two to three times to walk in and check something and leave. This time, my dad's friend just strolls in yelling something about terrible service and what a bad employee I am. Sees the guy with the knife out and pulls out his service weapon. Guy drops knife, gets arrested. The one day I'm incredibly happy that my dad's friend comes in to screw with me. That must have been confusing for everyone that heard that. Man, this service is terrible. Get to the ground! You're under arrest! I was at Pismo Beach in California, about 13 years old at the time, boogie boarding and not really paying attention to the fact that the current had been pushing me closer and closer to the pier. I guess I figured when I start getting too close, I could just easily swim away and that would be that. When I realized that I was going to be slammed into the muscle and fishing hook encrusted pillars soon if I didn't start moving away, I began to swim the opposite direction. This is when I realized that swimming against the current is much harder than swimming with it. I started paddling furiously and began panicking because I wasn't making any progress. With each wave, I was being pushed closer to the pier. It would just be a couple more cycles before I started bouncing around underneath the pier. That's when I noticed a man standing in the water next to me. It was about waist deep. Feeling like an idiot, I slid off my board, stood up, and walked to shore. When I was in high school, I worked at the local video store. It was a small town, and everyone knew one another. Anyway, these two thuggish black guys who were the main smack or white snow dealers for the hood would come into the store once a month and intimidate me into getting rid of their late fees because they never bought anything back on time. My boss finally caught on and told me that I couldn't do that anymore, no matter how scary they were. So they show up a week later expecting me to waive their fees. I explained to them that I could potentially get fired, but I would do it for them one last time. They actually understood and were appreciative. As they were walking out, they gave me their pager number and said that if I ever needed anything, to call them. And I assumed they meant I could call them for green herb, white snow, or whatever else they dabbled in. So I just kind of ignored it and went about my life. 
Flash forward a few months and I'm hooking up with this girl who had just broken up with her super redneck boyfriend. Mr. Redneck was not pleased when he found out about the situation. He showed up at the video store one night with some moron friends and informed me they would be waiting for me in the parking lot and they were going to beat the crap out of me after I closed the store for the evening. I still had several hours before close and as time went by, several more truckloads of rednecks showed up. I was really starting to sweat. There were 15 to 20 dudes just waiting to teach me a lesson. It seemed there was no way to get out of this beating. Out of sheer desperation, I paged the scary drug dealer guys. They called me back pretty quickly. I explained what was going on and asked if they could help me out. They told me not to worry, they'd be there shortly. I didn't know what to expect. I continued my closing duties while I waited for them to show up. Once I turned the lights off to the store, the mob in the parking lot started getting riled up. They were yelling and taunting me through the windows. I had run out of things to do in the store, and the dudes I had paged still hadn't shown up. As I was setting the alarm and mentally preparing for a demoralizing butt-whooping, a procession of hoop ties pull into the parking lot and circle the trucks. I watched from the windows as the dealers and their friends pulled out guns and told the rednecks in no uncertain terms that I was not to be messed with. To this day, I have never seen people scramble so fast. There were literally tire marks in the parking lot from all of the trucks peeling out to get away. This one event led to me never being screwed with again by anyone in my hometown. It was pretty nice. I could talk all the crap I wanted with impunity since everyone was so scared of those guys. Good times. In conclusion, multiple rednecks wanted to beat the crap out of me over a girl, and scary substance dealers saved me. I wonder if he resumed waiving their late fees after that particular incident. Car wreck on my way to school a few years ago. My little Honda Civic versus a large semi-truck. I blacked out for a short period when I realized what happened, I couldn't get my car door open. The window on my side was slightly open from the crash, and I started panicking, thinking the car is going to explode or something. Random stranger next to the car goes, Calm down, try the other door. So I climb over the center console and get out of the car. How about a non-human stranger? I was about eight or nine walking home from school. About a block from my house, some random pit bull runs up to me and starts growling. Scared the crap out of me. I figure I'm at death's door when out of nowhere another dog came to my aid. I believe it was a German shepherd. This dog ran to my side and started barking at the pit bull until it left. I don't know this dog and I don't believe I ever saw him or her again. It was a pretty surreal situation. No crap, the exact same thing happened to me. We had a German Shepherd Husky mix, greatest dog in the world, and one day I was playing outside on my big wheel or something when the neighbor's pit bull came running after me. Sebastian came out of nowhere and tackled the other dog before it could get to me. He ended up getting pretty hurt, needing stitches and whatnot, but he scared the pit bull back to the neighbors and most likely saved my life and my face. My parents say that from that point on, he never let me or my siblings out of sight when we were outside. I was riding a bus in Brooklyn. I was trying to get some new bus routes instead of the subway because they could often be faster. I was going up into a very rough part of Brooklyn, basically Eastern Bedford, Stuyvesant. I was going to where the bus crossed the subway line. I'm the only white guy on a bus full of black people, which in itself was not unusual. An old guy sitting on the bus walks over to me and says, You need to get off the bus now. You can't go further. It's not going to end well for you. I don't know if he saw something specific or was speaking in general. He was sincere. I got off the bus and walked a few blocks to catch a transfer from there. My family and I were the only ones on a deserted beach in Florida. I was being stupid and about 11, decided to swim a little far from the beach and get caught by an undertow. I remember the desperate, futile feeling of swimming harder towards land but seeing it get further and further away. Since only now my family was there and my parents weren't good at swimming, I was a goner. 
Out of nowhere came a strong swimmer, told me to calm down, gave me a flotation device, and swam me back to the beach. Before I could properly thank him, he disappeared. I had recently moved to the Columbia Heights neighborhood in northwest D.C. a few years ago. And for those who don't know, the Columbia Heights was really bad about 10 years ago, but is in the process of gentrifying. The neighborhood is pretty culturally and racially diverse, and I could afford it. One day I was walking home from work and was about two blocks from my house, but slightly off the beaten path on a mostly empty street. I had my earbuds, which isn't always the safest thing to do, just because you can lose situational awareness. I also had a laptop bag with no laptop, which again isn't all that smart. Anyway, a dude is walking toward me on the sidewalk and is around my age. We make eye contact and he says something unintelligible to me and I say something like, sorry, assuming I was either in his way or he was begging. I notice he has bloodshot eyes and if I had to guess, this was probably a smackhead. I angle my body towards him as we pass each other and the next thing I know, he is grabbing for my earbuds. He pulls them out of my ears but doesn't quite get them as I jump back. I'm sort of in shock, but I've been in fights before, but not when I had no build-up to the moment. I think I yelled something like WTF, and as he was coming at me again, I was thinking I probably could take the guy, but I should try to avoid blood, hitting his teeth with my fists. I don't know why my first thought here was risk of hepatitis, rather than maybe that I should just run my butt away, which would have been much smarter. But as he comes at me again, some unseen man is in front of me and pushes the dude away. Smackhead then stands his ground and damn if the man doesn't just push him again and then starts yelling at him to get the frick out of the neighborhood and berating him over and over. Smackhead turns toward Main Street and begins to move quickly away. The man is yelling, loudly, at him the whole time, echoing off the nearby houses. I'm kind of just staring at this point as the adrenaline is coursing through me. At that moment, suddenly a little girl, maybe three to four years old, on a tricycle rides past me in the same direction as the man, and the smackhead, opposite direction that I was heading. She is just following her daddy, the man who saved me, like it's the most normal thing in the world. Most surreal thing that I've ever experienced. I just sort of watch as the three of them head back to the main street. I never got a chance to say thanks. I was the stranger once, in Toronto at the Young and Egg subway stop, mother and her two kids standing fairly back from the edge, trains coming in pretty fast when one of the kids bolts straight for the tracks, like an idiot. My back's turned, but I hear the mum scream. I turn around and see the kid out of the corner of my eye. On instinct, I grab him and happen to just get him right in the front of the shirt and hoist him about five feet off the ground in half a second, just as the train flies by with the horn blaring. It was pure luck, but I played it cool and handed him over to his mother trying to sound suave. Is this yours? Raised eyebrow. Funny thing that she didn't even seem that grateful. Maybe the kid has prophesied to end the world or something. In which case, I'd like to apologize to you all in advance. I didn't know. There's lots of mysterious strangers in the last few posts. One wonders if any of them are the same superhero. I was drinking with a friend and his younger brother. My friend had recently finished his enlistment from the Marines, and we were out celebrating. His younger brother ended up having words with a gangster white rapper wannabe. It escalates into, let's take this outside. We go out into the parking lot, more words and chest puffing. Mini Eminem pulls out a gun and points it at my friend's younger brother. I'm like, crap, and my butthole tightens up. However, my friend walks up to the guy, slaps him in the face, and says, Put the piece away, you dumb idiot, and go home. Guy puts the gun up and leaves. I was doing a show at this wretched comedy club in Brockton, Massachusetts. There was a drunk chick who would not stop talking, so after a few polite back and forths, I say something along the lines of, Will someone stick an eggplant in her mouth and shut her up? Note, this is an old, crappy thing to say, but it usually works, and like I said, it was Brockton. That does the trick and she's quiet for the rest of the show. 
I finish my set and come off stage. I'm walking out to the front room of the club and suddenly I'm aware of an enormous shape coming toward me. It was the hosebag's boyfriend and he's got like 8 inches and 100 pounds on me and he's teed off. He shoves me into the front room and is doing a whole pre-fight, why you talking about my girl that way, chest bump kind of thing when suddenly three dudes just kind of sweep into the room. They're all built like fire plugs and wearing matching skin-tight Adidas workout shirts like some kind of working-class superhero team. One of them closes the doors to the showroom and blocks them. Another goes and stands by the front door like he's standing guard or something, while the third gets between me and the big dude who says, What the frick, man? You want to fight? And the guy says in the calmest, coldest voice, Yeah, I do. Let's fight. Something in the way he says it totally takes the steam out of the big dude. He just backs right down like, Nah, man, it's cool. We're all cool here. And then my mean little savior goes, This guy was hilarious. Your girlfriend's a C-word, and you owe him an apology and a beer. And the big guy nods and goes and gets me a beer, before going back into the show with his tail between his legs. Turns out these guys were off-duty Brockton vice cops. Totally saved my stupid moron self. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories, linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot, linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.